0: I'm Sabine from Tao Wisdom, your podcast for self-care and healing. I'm sharing with you insights from different healing modalities that help you to stay physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy so that you can thrive and live your fullest potential. Now, let's sit back and enjoy the show. Episode of this podcast already it seems like time is um, flying by <laughs> and I'm having fun recording these podcast episodes and today is a little bit a different episode because I am going to talk about a book I'm doing a book review and I wanted to do this because this book, uh, I read this book in 2020 and it really gave me so much inspiration, so much hope and a lot of peace. And I hope um, you can also take something useful, something soothing, something calming away from this book. And we are talking today about conversations with God from Neil Donald Walsh and I really hope that in this episode the spirit of this book and um, what the message of this book also really comes through me and this this is actually a trilogy of books and um, I'm talking today primarily about the first one but I also read the second and third and really love them and I will quickly give you an uh, insight about <laughs> what is part of the second and the third and I've also written a blog post about the book with the main takeaways from the book itself so you can uh, read it up later You can, um, yeah so you have an easy handy um, takeaway from this episode and this book really it's called conversations of God but it's really not a le- religious book This is a book about spirituality and with everything that I'm presenting to you um, in regards to this book or anything that somebody tells you, always remember the truth about what life is about lies within you. So with any concept that somebody presents to you, look at it, look at how you feel about it because your soul will speak through your feelings and then see, is this useful for me? Can I take something away from this? Is this inspirational? Great. (laughs) If not, if you feel, no, I don't resonate with this. This is not my truth. This is just, you know, it doesn't add anything to my life. Then throw it away. You know, this is your life. This is you defining your reality, your truth. And discernment I think is something a gift that is really important for all of us especially at this time so take the liberty and <laughs> like this book or don't like it or think this is totally like totally doesn't make sense or think wow this is amazing this helps me so much I can take so much away from this so do with it whatever you want <laughs> now coming back to the book it's a spiritual work and fundamental <laughs> as a concept. If you are uh, reading this book, you have to sort of sign up to the idea that there is a God. There is a source and we can call this, Neil called this God because he was also a very religious person. But you can call this anything. You can call this um, source energy. You can call this <clears throat> divine the divine or original energy anything but the idea is that there is an energy that created all of this and that all of this our life our planet our universe has a meaning <laughs> has some fundamental um, concept some fundamental I don't want to say rules but um, some fundamental ways how it works <laughs> and it was not it's not there for nothing it was all created for a purpose so that is the original idea and in the book neil doesn't talk about his own story why or it's covered very little i think why he's actually talking to god but it's a very interesting story he has and if you want to know more about that there is a movie out about his personal story how he came to write these books And that's also called Conversations with God. And his personal story is really that um, he was kind of like an average person living in the US and he had a car accident which left him immobile to work. And he went into a dispute with his um, insurance company because uh, I guess they didn't want to pay for him. Um, So he didn't receive any any kind of payments and because he was immobile to work he also couldn't work so he ended up in a situation where he didn't have any more financial support and he was actually living on the street and in the in the movie this comes across really nicely his experience of uh, being homeless in the US and then eventually after a year he managed to find a job again and he went back into this um sometimes what what i call the hamster wheel of trying to make a living you know working and going home and watching tv and getting up again to work so you have enough money to pay your rent um yeah this hamster wheel that uh, we all at some point in life i guess found ourselves in and he just one day and in the movie it's um, when his the job that he found when that company went bankrupt he became really angry and he started to write a letter to god <laughs> and asking what is the point of all of this what is the point of life you know why is there so much suffering like why is there so much inequality and um, yeah and then uh, god answered him so he heard a voice um And he wrote down all the answers, and the book is really, it's like a conversation, so there's a lot of questions he's putting out there, and then got answers, and then um, he had a friend who was typing up his scripts, and he published it, and eventually became very well-known with it, so he's still alive, he still gives a lot of lectures, he's still writing books, he's uh, spreading his messages, so you can look him up, you can connect to him um, he has also Instagram, Facebook I think, um, his own website obviously he has a lot of other books as well um, where uh, he continues discovering this concept of what is God and what is this life about and as I mentioned the book is a trilogy, and the first book is really about um, what is life for yourself so it looks kind of at the microcosmic Um, at at the microcosm so what is the point in life what what is the meaning of life and how can you create a life where you not just make a living (laughs) but where you really live where you live fully where you enjoy where you live in abundance where you uh, see a meaning you know where you understand the things that are happening to you and where you create at in the end of the day where you create your life you are in the driver's seat (laughs) and this is the first book and then one of the main concepts of this book is that love is all there is and God is really um, God is not this judgeful God that we created especially part in our religions this God that will judge us one day and this God where we need to feel guilty if we misbehaved you know this um, God that is uh, critical is that a uh, the fundamental idea of this book is that no God is totally loving God is a, a person who is joyful who is accepting of us who accepts anything God does not judge and God is grateful and God um, brings us blessings and is a blessing and that love is the foundation of this energy, this what you could call um, divine energy, source energy and from this concept in the second and third book he looks at how could we create on our planet a world, a society where we would base everything on the concept that everything is based in love and guilt and shame and fear are um, not feelings that we should operate out of we should operate out of love and acceptance and out of abundance and then he looks at uh, there's a lot of questions being asked which i found super interesting about civilizations in the universe that are higher evolved than us human beings and if you look at i mean if you believe that we are not the only ones out in this universe we're not the only life forms then you do i guess sometimes ask yourself what are other life forms what are they like and how do they live and if you look at us as a civilization we are really in terms of evolvement um, in kind of a toddler stage you know in a toddler group in the crash in the daycare because we are we are uh, very like toddlers <laughs> very just looking at everything from their own perspectives and very physical in their approach to everything and in their arguments so that's how we are right we look at everything just from our own standpoint we don't understand it everything is connected we don't operate out of the idea that everything is connected and um, we always just defend our own uh, viewpoint we uh, label everything and good and bad and right and wrong we um, go to war (laughs) if we disagree with someone we treat this planet horribly like um, we're depleting our own mother our own source we are treating each other horribly so we are really very uh, low in the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on a very low level of the evolvement pyramid but um, the what also comes out a little bit in the book what is really exciting and what you see in this time we are evolving we are evolving as a human species into um, a society that operates out of more love you know operates out of more abundance the idea of abundance the idea of love and we are opening ourselves up and uh, this is beautiful and in this book there's a lot of ideas how societies that are more evolved that are higher evolved than us that are operating out of this concept that everything is built on love are structuring themselves Like question like do they have governments uh, how do they live together how um, do they raise their children how do they educate each other and educate their children like how do they treat each other it's there's a lot of yeah a lot of answers to that and obviously you can take from that what you want as i said take everything with a grain of salt but it gives a lot of inspiration it gives a lot of inspiration if you are yourself driving for a world where we live more in peace and more connected to each other more connected to nature to ourselves, more um, accepting <laughs> of people being different, different opinions, etc. So that is book two and three. <laughs> now let's come back to book one. And what some of the uh, fundamental concepts uh, are that book one is discovering and that God is presenting to us through Neil, or oh, God, a source, energy, whatever. So. One of the first ideas is that you can be, do, and have whatever you imagine. And that comes back to the idea that we create our life with our thoughts. We create at every single moment with our thoughts what we want in our life who we are who we want to be we choose at every single moment where we want to put our attention what we want to have and um, he's talking a little bit more about how you create with your thoughts and this goes back into like the idea of how you manifest there's obviously there's a lot of books out to, uh, out there about manifesting right and he's really saying don't say i want you know don't focus on i want (laughs) because then you're gonna want forever because the universe is takes everything very little literal like the universe looks at okay (laughs) what are you focusing on and then oh you're focusing on wanting so you're gonna get wanting no the idea is how you create in your life is from already being that way and being grateful So let's say you want to have a different relationship with uh, you want to be less critical with yourself. Don't go ahead and say like, I want to be less critical of myself. No, be like, I am less critical with myself. I am this already. And then say, for instance, you can at the end of the day say, I am grateful today. I was not critical of myself. I was not critical of others. I was not trying to be perfectionist. So from this idea of gratefulness and there is another book that I really have, want to do a podcast about which is called Reality Transserving that talks similarly about this concept but it talks about it from an energetic standpoint how, what happens how you create energy with your thoughts, uh, thoughts. and this book really goes into by um, wanting something because if you want something you under, you kind of infer that something is bad in your life like for instance oh you don't like the house you live in and you say I really want another house you know this house is too small or it's too dark or I don't know what but you you focus on the negative part of your house you just see like you know that it's too small that it's too dark and you just focus on I want something different but then the energy you're creating is really based on the negativity while if you can find what is grateful about your current house, say, well, okay, this house is maybe small, but I'm grateful. I don't have to do a lot of cleaning <laughs> because it's small. No, I, I don't have so much time cleaning or it is dark, but you know, I'm grateful in, uh, in the winter it, that is really cozy in my house. Therefore, you know, so if you focus more on what you're grateful for, while still keeping in mind that maybe eventually, I am going to have a bigger house, you know, but I'm grateful also for what I have. You're creating more of a positive energy, you're creating more of a life uh, line where actually good things can happen to you. And it's also really important, this book also talks about to not get really attached to outcomes. Like the most peaceful state of living <laughs> is not attachment. Is really living without expectations, without a need for specific results. Because that is really that is true freedom when you detach yourself from specific outcomes. And true freedom is when you choose rather than when you focus on what you want. And for instance, in the moment where you have this small house. You can choose to see the negative thing, or you can choose to see the good things about this. And with that, you are sending out more positive energy into the collective field, into the universe, and so more positive things will come back to you. And maybe eventually, a bigger house comes back to you. You know, but um, without being attached to it, you know, and with seeing the gratefulness of what you are having, you are creating just a more positive timeline. So that is the first uh, idea. You create anything you want with your thoughts and you do that by being grateful. Being grateful for what you're having and by am being already where you want to go. <laughs> like really, where you want to go, you say, I am already this. You know, the second thing is, it comes back to the first one. You attract what you fear. Fear is a super powerful emotion and we see this playing out right now very strongly fear is very powerful and fear attracts fear and that goes also back with what you like how i'm for instance dealing with fear there is another idea what you persist resists so even when you're feeling fear right if you persist it And if you hide it somewhere inside, it will come up again and again and again. The best way to deal with fear is to really look it into the eye. Embrace it, look it into the eye, (laughs) give it a hug, whatever, because then it can disappear. When you look it into the eye, it can disappear. When you ever come into contact with uh, someone who is like really difficult, or someone who you perceive as really a danger to yourself or an energy that you perceive as a danger. If you run away, it will run after you. <laughs> <laughs> that is what fear does. If you face it and you look it into the eye. And you look it into the eye with full and especially putting yourself really in light, putting yourself in love. It will disappear. Because it will see it has no place in you. It has no it cannot attach to you you are too powerful (laughs) standing facing it with like open eyes so that is um that is an important concept really we need to really embrace our fears to let them go and that comes also back with um you create with your thoughts what you want like what are you focusing on this is going to be super important this year, especially also next year. What do you put your attention on? You know, because that is what you attract in your life. What you focus on. Are you going to focus on all the negativity, all the trauma out there? Or are you going to focus on the good things, the magic, the beauty, the amazingness in other people? Are you focusing on how you self are transforming, how you self are growing? You know where are you going to put your attention? Now the next concept is what I already said: love is all there is. And I know it sounds so cheesy. <laughs> Every time a spiritual person says like "love is all there is," I'm I'm seeing the cheesy coming out. But, um, but it, to me, at least, it sounds it rings really true because um, whenever I connect to The energy of the divine, to the energy of the universe, the energy of everything, to the energy of God. What I feel inside is this profound peace, this profound love. And it's not like the love that you feel when you're crazy in love, (laughs) like this crazy excitement and this rush. No, it's like this, this summer, this calm. Uh, So it's hard to describe, but I really invite you uh, do a meditation where you find a guided meditation Where you can connect to this uh, Divine divine energy and then feel this love and I I did one meditation where I connected to how it felt when you die and that is what I felt this tremendous amount of love and that's why I am personally not anymore afraid of dying because I was like, wow, this is how it feels when you die. This is amazing. Um, yeah, so try yes. This is like such, yeah, love is all there is, and that is also where you put your attention, right? If you see the world as a threat, this is what you're going to experience because you're only focusing on the world being negative, the world being a threat, the world being a danger. So this is what the world gives you because the universe works in this way. You ask something, it answers you back. It really, literally, the universe gives you what you want, what you're asking for. And if you perceive it as a threat, this is what it's gonna give you back. If you perceive it as this place of beauty, this place of love, this place of where we connect to each other, this place of opportunity, this place of growth, this, yeah, this amazing place this is what it will show you this is what it will give you back and coming back to this love is all there is Is also um, God explains itself in this book that he created us everything to experience himself through us so we are part of God we are God and God is us God is in every single thing and everything so he is in us and because he's an energy and on earth we are on earth we have all these physical experience like we have emotions we experience we have uh, we do a lot of things physically that is God created this in a way that's the idea of the book that he can experience this as well so when we experience uh, fear when we experience uh guilt and shame and anger this is also god wanting to experience this through us because as just as an energy you cannot experience that if you're not on planet earth you know and so that is there is no good or bad then meaning like we are the ones we humans are the one who ones who attach good and bad we attach like anger is bad fear is bad you know that is what we we put these labels on things you know, but there, there is no good and bad. It was just created to be experienced, and so that's why I also think it's, it's a beautiful when you accept all parts of yourself, because all parts of yourself, the beauty, the ugly, represent God, and nobody ever's gonna judge you for it. No, because how can you ever know what love is? if you never felt grief if you never felt anger how would you understand what something else is what love is you know if if you never seen uh, or experienced the grief of death how would you be able to celebrate living you know there is this duality on earth and in the universe itself as well not on every planet but and he's explaining this in book two and three also how some planets don't live on their planet in this duality because they know the duality exists in the universe out there so they don't have to experience it that's how a society can live purely based on love because they know that there are society out there, like earth like the humans who do experience a lot of hatred and um, um, fear and anger etc but the duality is everywhere in the universe. You know so there is nothing bad about this duality <laughs> it's just it is it just is the duality just is and we can from this duality choose we can choose also on this planet where we put our attention and we can choose to embrace our own fears We can choose to embrace our own anger like this maybe needs to be a different podcast episode because <laughs> this it's getting very long already but I Um, I really was working on myself personally to embrace my sometimes angry side and just let it be you know to not fight it anymore because as I said work with these concepts, try them out this concept what you resist persists I mean I tried it out for myself and yes (laughs) I really see it's happening so if I just look at it if I look at my angry side sometimes and I just let it be and accept yes sometimes I can get very angry it's just who I am, <laughs> you know, or not just who I am, but it is just part of me. And from there when I, I can choose, you know, I, I can choose what I do with this anger in terms of how I, because anger is just an emotion. Fear is just an emotion. You know, we don't have to act up on it. We can feel it and we can look at it. We can embrace it, you know, but then we can let it go. We don't have to act upon it. So yeah. That is, <laughs> that is, a love. There, all there is, and then I, another concept, which I absolutely, absolutely love, and I also see and perceive myself, is that we are all one. And in my upcoming course, Energy Fundamentals, where I will teach you all about the different energetic systems of your own energetic body, like the meridians, the or the heart field, etc. I'm also explaining this concept again that um, yes, we have our own energetic body, but we have our own um, expression of our soul. But everything around us is just one. We are just vibrating ourselves individually on a certain frequency, but we are part of a one soul, one soul, one universe. So we are connected to every single thing every single thing you see around you the nature the other people we are connected to so what we see in others we have within us as well and especially what we resist in others <laughs> somewhere deep down lives somewhere inside and we don't like it because others are a mirror of ourselves, and so that's why also we can never on this earth live in full peace full joy full abundance if we still have and if we still accept that we have people here who are suffering who are dying every day of starvation who don't have access to basics like food like shelter clean water because we are part they are part of us we are part of them you know so If we want to create a different world and book two and three really talks about this more in detail, we need to create fair opportunities, equal opportunities for everyone. We need to make sure that we take care of everyone, every human as well as taking care of the earth and the animals. So then when we take care of everything, we take care of everything inside of us as well. And when you personally, when you spend a lot of time healing yourself, you heal everyone, you heal everything, you heal the collective field. Because we are all one, we are all connected. And that is that's beautiful in itself. And then another concept which I loved so much, and it kind of goes, it doesn't go against what a lot of maybe other people, spiritual people teach, but it does challenge it a little bit is it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do in this life. Everything that matters is how you are. So it doesn't matter what job you do. It doesn't matter what achievements you have. It doesn't matter what degrees you're holding. It, it doesn't matter how successful you might be, what you have, which how big your house is. No, all that matters is how you are how you engage with others how you engage with yourself you know do you love yourself and he's also saying this in this book really learn to honor and cherish yourself so you can honor and cherish everyone around you all the others and we put so much focus on what we um what we do we put a ton of focus on what we do like what work we do, uh, what activities we do, what we achieve. And we put very little focus on how we are. You know, how are we interacting with ourselves? How do we feel? Um, How do we interact with others? And then we put very little uh, attention to really trusting, not trusting, but uh, optimizing our mind to actually bring us always back in states of where we can feel cheerful, where we can feel joy, where we can feel love, where we can feel gratitude. And really putting attention on how we dealing with things. And he's also saying, for instance, saying in his book, like suffering has nothing to do with the event. It has all to do with how we see this event how we reacted and that is one of the two big messages of this book is your true freedom lies in choosing it lies in you choosing how you want to think about something and where you want to put your attention on and that is also the true freedom at this time right now that we are living in the real freedom <laughs> that we can experience is really choosing from within choosing from within from our own truth, from our own self how we want to react to whatever is happening on the outside and how we want to see this time and how we want to experience it and how, how we want to focus what we want to focus on so <laughs> that is and uh, yes and when you come back to the idea it's not important really what you do it's all important how you are what you be then he's saying really do what no not do but (laughs) um, yes kind of do what you love like your passion is your way of self-expression because you need to focus on being right so whenever you want to like let's say when you focus on okay what do I want to do for work what I want to do tomorrow you know focus on what brings you joy you know focus on how can you how can you be the best optimal in that situation that you're choosing so Express yourself in through the things that you love, you know, and then uh, be grateful and cherish the things that you love and your own self-expression of your own beauty. And always ask yourself when you come up, and I find this so helpful. Um, when you have a choice, ask you can ask yourself if you believe in this idea that love is all there is, love is the foundation of God's energy. You can ask yourself how would love choose now and i i just uh, when i looked back at my notes uh, when i was reading the book i made uh, notes and when i was looking back at this this question like how would love choose now i i was thinking and yes that is such a such an easy way <laughs> to such an easy guidance you know to to know sometimes when you don't know how how you should choose to just Know what you should choose because you will always feel, you know, you will always feel where love takes you. And then, also, when you uh, consider that love is all there is, there is a second big concept that governs the universe, according to this book, and that is that there is enough. We live in abundance, in truth, abundance, and the biggest lie the first biggest lie he says is about like who god is that god is like um cruel and that god uh, will judge you and that god is critical etc that's kind of like the first biggest lie and i think neil donald walsh spends a lot of his energy into really uh, changing that idea and changing that paradigm to know god is loving and god accepts Anything, anything, you know, because he created good and bad. Not good and we put labels on it. He doesn't have labels. God does not have labels. He doesn't put good and bad on it. He created all kind of things for us to experience and he doesn't judge what we are choosing to experience. And that's maybe also for you to take away that like whatever you're choosing to experience, you know, there's no need to judge yourself you cannot choose any wrong because there's like all there's only being there's only experiencing whatever there is and so then he says the second biggest lie we are living is that we live in a world of uh, scarcity and a lot like so much of our paradigms are based on this idea that we live in scarcity right like um, I mean, yes, we have so many people suffering and dying every day because of this idea of scarcity. While he's saying that the universe, really, I created everything in abundance. Like the earth is providing you with everything you need. There is abundance, you know. It's just that because we don't understand that we are all connected and we don't operate really out of love, we do not distribute. We don't distribute the abundance. Like the abundance is there. It's just that a very small, minor amount of people currently on planet Earth are taking the liberty to take up all this abundance. (laughs) And then uh, kind of, we all think there's scarcity, but there isn't really scarcity and there's really enough. And when you start operating out of that idea that there is abundance um, of everything, you can out of a sudden create very, very different, uh, a very different future. You can start dreaming of very different society, very different systems, you know, and very different educational systems, different financial systems, different society overall, you know, different political systems. Out um, of a sudden, this opens up such a valve of um, ideas. And yes, that's, I think that are the main um, main points I wanted to share with you from those three books. I found them deeply inspirational. I hope you might too. I hope you might have uh, gotten the the last <laughs> for reading the books. And if you want to look back at the main concepts, you can read my blog post, also called Conversations, a book with you, or Conversations of God. You can find it on my website, towerwisdom.info and again to sum up some the most important concepts is we are all one there is enough love is everything there is and there's nothing in this lifetime that we have to do now have a lovely day thanks so much for listening If you would like to learn more, check out my services, my blog, and other podcast episodes on my website, tauwisdom.info. Thanks for listening.